Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Float, Telegram, Twitch, and the Prepper Broadcast Network. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim, and this is a pre-recorded episode. It won't have a number yet. It'll find a number. Once I get back from my trip down south, south for me, south of the Canadian-U.S. border, which will be great, quite excited to go down, and I'm going to prepper camp, so at some point when these play, it'll, I'll be somewhere between North Carolina and Tennessee, so I'm kind of excited. I'll be happy to get back and get back into the groove of live. I'll have four of these scheduled for Thursdays, and or for Saturday and Sundays, Thursday and Sunday, something like that, but... I can guarantee you I will be doing some live streams from the road as well, so there'll be those episodes too, but I wanted to make sure there was some content in the feed for you guys while I was gone. So, this one, this episode came from LG. They're a user over in YouTube, found me just recently, I'm not 100% sure how, maybe through the Apartment Prepper episode, I'm not sure, but it's great to have them. I'm excited. I love new users. But what I forget sometimes is that when new users come, they start from where they start. And they were asking me, what's your story, Tim? Where did you come from? All of that. And I realized I've told that before, but we just hit 5,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. We just hit the top 50 hot podcasts on Fountain, which is exciting. There's a ton of new eyeballs and ear canals pointed my way. And it's time maybe that I share my story a little bit again. So if you've heard this before, I'm sorry, but uh, sometimes we cover new ground and I'm sure you will hear it. I'm sure you'll hear it again down the road, but I like telling my story. I was asked to tell my story. So here is my story. <laughs> uh, 41 years old at the time of recording this. We'll work our way backwards. Grew up in Nova Scotia, Canada. If you don't know where that is, it's. I was within an hour of the southernmost tip of the maritime provinces. A very warm place, you know. Uh, toward the end, when we moved away from there, you could get probably eight months of growing, something like that, you know. I never saw it get... Very rarely did it ever get below minus 10 Celsius. It got cold, but I loved living by the water. Grew up there, uh, you know, grew up in a good family, went away to college, studied to be a pastor, and see where that fucking got you. But anyway, it's another story for another day. But yeah, so went, went away four years to a Bible college, spent a lot of time learning about leadership and about management and about public speaking and about learning. And I hopefully I've put that to good use. Decided that I needed to do something very specific with my Bachelor of Arts in Religion degree. So I went home and got a job as the night manager at a Dairy Queen, which was cool also. Went back to my hometown after being away for four years and worked there. And you know what? I enjoyed it. It was fun. Had a lot of fun. If you guys have ever seen that movie Waiting with um, Ryan Reynolds, it reminded me a lot of that. Maybe not quite as crazy, but it really did remind me a lot of that. There were some fun times, but after 18 months of working there, I was bored. It was time to find something new. So one day I was working at the drive-thru 
and somebody went through, noticed me, whatever. A few hours later, they ended up calling me, and the guy was the local owner of the hardware store there. And he said, hey, I want you to come work for me. And I said, no, I don't think I'm happy where I am. Why I said that, I'll never know. Doesn't matter. But two, three months later, he called me back again. He's like, listen, I really want you to come and work for me at the hardware store. And I was just getting to the point where I was getting tired of where I was working. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be an education. This is going to be better than the education I just finished. So I took it. I went, I knew nothing. I mean, I barely knew the difference between a hammer and a screwdriver. And I'm not kidding. Like I just, you know, my dad was pretty handy. My grandfather who died when I was five was super handy, could fix anything. And I guess I had a little bit of him in me too, but just never realized it at the time. So when I started at home hardware, I had zero. And I mean, I was as unhandy as they come. What's the opposite of handy? Handicap? I'm not sure. Anyway, so I went there and I started on the service counter assembling barbecues and they put me in charge of, I don't know if I ever told you, I was in charge of the power tools department, power tools and hardware, aisles 13 and 14. So I dealt with all the tools, all the hand tools, all the power tools, all the nuts and bolts, cabinet hardware, things like that. And I learned a metric shit ton because in that store, it was our responsibility to help the customer no matter where they were. So if they were in electrical, you went to electrical plumbing, you get the hint. Christmas decorations, yep. Curtains, yep. Paint, absolutely. So I got an absolute masterclass education in everything. Plus, at that time, I met the love of my life, Miss Rebecca. Still together to this day, happily married, and it was the best thing I ever did. Walking downtown one day at night, I'd just gone to the city the weekend before, for a friend's wedding, me and a buddy of mine, and we went out to the bar and we struck out everywhere we went. Never met a woman that was the least bit interested in us. And I came back that weekend. I said, that's it. I'm done. Swearing off relationships. I'm not looking for anything. So the next weekend, my buddy's brother called me, says, you want to go downtown to the club? And I said, no, I don't think so. He said, come on, I got beer, whatever. So I went, we walked downtown and we heard this on the glass door, the glass window of a hair salon downtown so i went and walked in met my future wife i think i almost knew it right at that moment but that's another story we danced all night we sat out front of her place till five o'clock in the morning and then we didn't talk for five days then we got back together and have not been apart since we have five beautiful kids together right at the moment they're 20 well, they're pretty damn close to 25, 23, 21, and 12-year-old twins. I'm very proud of them. Great kids. My son works for me in the business. So, backtrack a little bit. Hardware store. Worked there for six years. Two spells of three years. And in the middle, I took six months off. Moved to Saskatchewan to try to work at a hardware store out there. And that was a whole nother story. So, I started with the hardware. Moved into everything. So I started learning about plumbing, heating, electrical. And at the same time, we were building a family. And guess what? We were poor. Broke as a friggin' joke. Like, I, I've said it before. You guys have heard me say it. You can probably repeat it with me. But abject poverty is an incredible motivator. If I needed to fix, if I needed lawn equipment, because I couldn't afford to buy a weed whipper, 
I talked to Terry, the guy with thick glasses and hearing aids that was our handyman out in the shop. And I said, what do you have that somebody left behind? And he said, here, here's this Johnson Red Weed Whipper. It hasn't run since uh, the Vietnam War, but if you can get it running, it's yours for free because the customer never come back for it. So I took it home and I learned how to take them apart. And I learned how to rebuild a carburetor. And I learned how to clean out skunky gas. And I learned how to change out uh, rotten fuel lines and patch up plastic fuel tanks. I learned everything because I couldn't afford anything. Build a chicken coop out of old pallets and scavenged plywood. I had to because I had nothing else. I needed the chainsaw and dad had an old Husqvarna chainsaw that had set in his workshop for 20 some years. And I took that out to the house and I managed to get it going eventually. Didn't run really well. We bought a house, we moved into the house and the previous owners had left a bow behind for, you know, game hunting or whatever. And I took that and I traded it with a guy for a used can't remember what it was. It was a black and green Poulin. I used Poulin chainsaw and I used that for cutting up my firewood. It was fun. We did a lot of it. So this whole time, of course, we're trying to fix things. So I was getting used windows. I was picking the brain of the contractors. Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I wanted to build a nice house for Becky and the kids. And so the only way I could do it was using used materials, scavenged materials and get all the expertise I could get from all of the contractors that could pick their brains. And as time went on, I get a little bit better. I get a little bit better and a little bit better. And I learned. And that first winter that we moved into the house, we moved in there and we were so busy renovating that we neglected to get firewood. Yeah, I know. Right. Some prepper. So it turns out, if you didn't know this, you can burn ash right off the stump. So you can cut ash down, you can throw it in your furnace and it'll burn. It'll sizzle, but it'll burn. You won't get super great heat out of it, but it'll keep you alive. So that entire first winter, as soon as the snow fell, I started hopping my butt up into the backwoods, cutting trees down, lumping it up for firewood. And I didn't have a wheelbarrow. I didn't have a four-wheeler. What I had was one of those old aluminum snow scoops, if you know what those are, that was dad's that he lent to me. And I would go up in the woods and I would cut down the firewood and I would stack five, six, eight pieces of firewood on there. And I'd put it around my waist like I was a dog sled team or something. And I'd pull it behind me as I walked down the hill. And that is how I heated my house for the entire first winter that we lived in there. And I learned a lot. I learned about plugged up septic systems. I learned about collapsed sewer lines. I learned about, oh boy, I learned about electrical plugs that burn up and popped a wire off. And I had half a circuit that wouldn't work in my house. I learned everything. I learned how to patch a roof with tar and a tarp because when it rained, your computer room was getting soaked and I couldn't afford to patch it. I learned a lot and I became handy and I became handier. And then we bought a 130 year old house right on the Bay of Fundy. And I learned how to change out windows. I learned how to caulk really well. I learned how to do cement work. I built a septic system from scratch. that was totally not illegal. I raised pigs. I say I, I mean we, my, my wife and I, we really were into homesteading at that time, spent a lot of time doing it. We canned, we had two big 50 by 50 gardens. I remember one year me and my neighbor went up over the hill and decided to plant 
like eight rows of 100 feet long of potatoes. We planted them all. We planted them early. It rained. They rotted. We planted them again. It got dry. They didn't grow. That was a summer. I got into hunting. I got all of my dad's guns because he stopped doing it. And I just fell in love with it. I enjoyed it. So we raised pigs. We were in the process of raising cattle or about to get a dairy cow when we moved to Alberta. So that changed that. We raised chickens. I built my own incubator out of a thermostat from a hot water heater and plywood and plexiglass and 100 watt light bulbs and an old computer fan. Had a lot of fun with that wire cloth. Real good success with it because I couldn't afford to buy an incubator. I didn't want to. You know, dried our own beans, made our own moonshine canned everything we'd go fishing off the dock and then we'd bring it back and we'd pressure can it meat birds meat turkeys egg layers you name it we tried it and i loved it it was fun and then it was time for a change because we dug ourselves into such a deep 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 hole i've told you guys this story before but to the point where we were so far into debt that i don't think we ever would have dug out if we'd have stayed there i don't know what would have happened but it wouldn't have been good so we had to figure out what we were going to do and my wife's sister had recently met and moved in with an incredible guy my now brother-in-law Barrett out here in Alberta and they said anytime you want to come out Tim you can stay on our stay in our house it's a mobile home there wasn't a lot of space they were gladly they gladly had me they just had a new baby and they went and bought a little fold-up cot for me to sleep on in their living room. It was the greatest thing they ever could have done. Lent us half the money to pay for my flight out there because I had no money. Had to borrow a little bit of money from my parents just to get around for the first week or so. But I knew if I went to Alberta, I could get a job in the oil patch and I could make a lot of money. And you know what? I did pretty good. I got a job within like three days, paying me $27 an hour with no experience because the oil was booming. So I started making money, getting my feet under me. Five months later, the family moves out. Becky gets a job in doing dispatching for an oil company as well. She's doing really good. We're like, hey, we're getting cocky. Let's book a trip to Las Vegas. So Becky has one day vacation before we get ready to fly out. That day, they call everybody in for an emergency meeting. And they fire Becky. Well, actually, laid her off. They laid a bunch of people off because the price of oil had tanked. Everybody lost their jobs. So we went to Vegas after Becky had been laid off. Just as we were thinking, things were coming around. We were doing a little better with our money. We were having a good time. But there it went. Shortly after, I was actually in taking my Class 1 driver's license. My company paid for at the exact time that the price of oil dropped. And I thought, well, crap, they're going to kick me out of this course. Anyway, another girl who worked for the company, but in a different department, she got one day in the course and didn't get to finish. For whatever reason, they didn't shut my training down. I went for all six or seven days, passed everything, had it all paid for, and then everything got shut down. A few months later, I was laid off. It was miserable. I was unemployed for the first time in my adult life, and I hated it. I was miserable. I was depressed. I stayed at home. I watched baseball, and I cleaned the house and cooked for Becky. So I decided, hey, I'm going to start. What do I know? I'm handy. I'm going to start a handyman business. So I did. And it was okay. 
it kind of failed miserably the first time around because I didn't take the right jobs. I didn't find enough work. I didn't charge enough. I wasn't looking for the right type of work, you know, all the normal things. So I ran that for about a year and I panicked. I remember one day my daughter came home and she said, dad, my boss wants to know when you're going to get a job. And I'm like, what the hell is it her business? Anyway, that's probably the most upset I've ever been in my life because I didn't know what to say. I felt like I was a failure at that moment, but I wasn't, but I felt like I was. So I panicked and I went back to what I knew. I went back and got a job at the local farm supply store selling building supplies and hardware. And it was fun, but I was miserable. I was miserable beyond belief. Within a month, I knew I can't stay here. But I committed to building my handyman business, which eventually became All Seasons Maintenance. And of course, this entire time, if you want to know more about my prepping journey, there is a great episode called How I Became a Prepper. I haven't talked a lot about that this time around, but this is my story. This is where we ended up. So the entire time I was at the hardware at the farm supply, it was 12 months to the day, basically, that I stayed there. And then I walked away. I was making contacts. I was talking to landlords when they'd come in. I'd say, hey, do you need any work done? And I made an incredible contact that I still work for today. They're a huge portion of my income at this point. And I was taking on snow jobs. I was doing everything. I was mowing lawns. I was hauling garbage for people. I was doing everything I possibly could do just to make ends meet. I was working morning, noon, and night before my shifts, after my shifts, and I was building something great. And in, let's see, so what are we right now? 2022. So in, so I launched my all seasons maintenance in 2017 and I officially walked away in May of 2018. So that's been, I've been four and a half years fully self-employed. I have not worked for the man since then. And it was the best fucking choice I ever made in my life. I now have more joy, less stress, more freedom, more money. So where'd we go from there? That first year was tough. I should have, I should have held on to my job a little longer, but I couldn't. So I didn't. And like John Willis says, sometimes you need to burn the bridge. You need that desperation to get you motivated. So there I was. So I kept going. We kept building a great business. We started making more money with the business. It was fun. I was enjoying it. And so right during the beautiful time of the quarantine and the lockdown and COVID bullshit, all of that, my wife said, you know what? There's a need for daycare in this town. We need to open one. So we took every single extra penny we made from all seasons maintenance. And for about 18 months, we invested it all in setting up a daycare, bought everything we needed, paid cash for everything. And my wife opened up what's now called Busy Bees Daycare. That's been just about two years now. And they are doing better with their business than I am doing with mine. It's that damn good. And I'm proud of her. (laughs) And we have plans of buying another business. We'll just put it at that for now. We always, her and I, we're always planning. We're always dreaming and setting goals. And it's, it's healthy. It's a good thing. So along the way in... February of 2020, so almost three years ago now, I launched my YouTube channel because I didn't have enough to do. I was busy, but you know, I I needed a creative outlet. It was the best thing I ever did. Started making videos, started out with a 10 part video series of how to start a handyman business with little or no money. And it was big. I did okay with that. 
not great. But as time went on, my tour view videos took off and I got busier and busier and busier. And I realized I like tools, but you know what I really love is preparedness. And so that moved into the long form content that is my podcast. And that brings me to this day now where Toolman Tim's workshop is an actual entrepreneurial venture for me that makes a portion, I would say right now, it makes up 25% of my income. I'm very proud of that. And I'm going to keep pushing it until it makes 100% of what my income is right now. And my long-term goal is, <laughs> I mean, I've got the most incredible wife who has supported me all along. And she always, she's told me for the last couple, last six to eight months, she's like, just buy me a house with your YouTube money, hun, and I'll be happy. So anyway, that's the goal. I'm just kidding. But it's fun. I love it. I love teaching. I love encouraging. I love seeing people succeed. And this is where I am. So if you have any questions about my journey, you can ask me. I'm an open book. I'll tell you. Struggled with eating my entire life. And uh, I've lost weight a bunch of times. Put Well, twice really. Put it back on a bit. I've definitely kept off a significant portion for more than two years now because of keto. So that's great working my ass off literally again to keep it off. So that's been a big step for me as well. So if that's ever been a struggle for you, talk to me. I'd love to talk about it. But yeah, that's me. That's my story. That's who Toolman Tim is. That's where Tim Cook, born in Nova Scotia in 1981, came from. This is where I ended up on the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada. And here's to a whole bunch more years. I can't wait to see what life brings. I'm excited. I love what I do. I love my life. I love spending time with the family and having fun. So anyway, like I said, if you got any other questions, let me know. But I hope this helps. This was definitely a great chance to tell the story again because I love to do it. It was requested by LG. And I'm glad I was able to tell my story for you. So I hope that helps. Anyway, guys. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.